0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Alamo Audible Podcast. This is episode 237. This is your host Jared Thomas, joined as always by my co-host Adrian Bermudez. We are here to recap UTSA's first ever bowl win in program history—a 35 to 17 victory over the Marshall Thundering Herd. Adrian, great to be here with you. Uh, apologize to listeners—we wanted to get this out a lot sooner, uh, but man, a Tuesday bowl game on a work week—it's it's tough, man. Mm. especially when you're you live four or five hours away from the bowl so apologize we we'll gonna get out sooner but happy to be here recapping it with you how are you doing happy to be here look we're still within 48 hours
1: of final minute of regulation on recording time so i think we're we're still within our regular working yeah, turnaround our regular deadline point. Dude, it's been a long time coming, Jared. The fifth time is the charm for the UTSA Roadrunners finally capturing the elusive bowl victory, finally getting that monkey off of their back, finally legitimizing themselves amongst the college football uh, landscape. As always, um, they have never even won a bowl game before. Not anymore, folks. UTSA has, in fact, won a bowl game and they did it in spectacularly gritty fashion as we welcome the new era of road runners sooner than we thought Jared and holy yeah. cow, uh, as, as if, you know, winning a bowl game, wasn't enough to be freaking amped about for UTSA fans how about the future of this program after the end of one of the, or I'm sorry, of the greatest era to date of UTSA mm-hmm. football. Now you've got a whole new beginning to look forward to. Unbelievable, Jared, just unbelievable. It it, it it can't stop. It can't stop going well for UTSA, it seems like, these days.
0: Man, well said. You like you hit on so many things in your synopsis that I really want to dive into. I was telling Adrian before we started recording, like, I didn't have a whole lot of bullet points prepared just because like I – I've been at a game or on the road or at work, like nonstop pretty much. So I haven't really had time to really collect my thoughts. Uh, so that, that little two minute snippet right there has got me in the right mindset to break this game down. But (laughs) as far as it's just like the first bull win, it's just the monkey off your back. You know, it's, it's been an annoying talking point I would say, uh, to, to read and, and hear about, I mean, I, I certainly got tired of talking about it. Um, I, you know I'm one of those guys that like bowl games are nice they're like exhibitions you know but they're not like winning championships to me is what it's always been about right so it's never really bothered me to like go and lose a top 25 team in a bowl game when UTC is coming off a conference championship you know don't, no sweat off my back but when it gets to be 0 and four and you know it's just like a a, a jab as you get in your rib cage when you know discussing this team online or with opposing fans it gets to kick get pretty old pretty quick so just glad that's over with. And I would also say bowl games tend to be one of two things. It's either uh, a team that came on late, gets a chance to kind of redeem themselves and win something meaningful in that bowl game. And it's like a highly motivated showing and all of that. Or you've got guys in the portal, you got guys opting out and it's like a preview of the future. You play the young guys, you know, you got your new quarterback in, whatever it might be. You're going to see that a lot, especially in this modern era of college football. And uh, we actually got to see both from UTSA in this game, which is pretty cool. Um, obviously, Frank Harris was out with injury. I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that a little bit. Uh, Rashad Wisdom goes down with an injury as well. Um, Trey Moore in the portal. And you just saw a lot of guys step up and compete and and, and play well and uh just so many younger guys out there that have you know one two three years of eligibility left for UTSA um so it was just really cool I, like there was one defensive drive that UTSA had and I was like looking out there and I was like man there's a lot of numbers on the field that I don't recognize just off the top of my head <laughs> and they were dominating I mean they were they were just absolutely taking Marshall to the woodshed um so it was great to see man for sure really enjoyed this bowl game really enjoyed this win it's tremendous, Jared. It's it's tremendous
1: for the program. It's tremendous for the fan base. It felt really, really good. I think I think it felt better, even maybe than than a lot of people thought it would have. Um, and it's it's a tremendous feat, not just for UTSA but for Jeff Trailer as well, who's that's his now fourth straight bowl game. Couldn't win one. He got a tough draw against uh, mm-hmm. three straight ranked opponents, mm-hmm. right? But this is this is also a, a really Shining moment for Jeff Trailer as well in his career. So, so congrats to Coach Trailer. You know, um, Jared, it was a very rough start for UTSA. It looked like it was going to be another one of those bowl appearances where <laughs> we just sort of were going to be a little bit flat, a little bit outplayed, um, and. We bounced back, but after after starting the game, Jared, UTSA's first five offensive possessions in order were a punt, interception, punt, interception, punt. All in the first quarter, where we had amassed only 16, one-six total yards offense. Mm-hmm. And then, Jared, in the second quarter, UTSA comes out and has an unbelievable turnaround. Um, And dare I say, after 230 yards of offense in the second quarter, I I really left that in halftime thinking that may have been the most insane single-quarter offensive performance in UTSA history. That's like...
0: Wait, sorry, you're saying the, the first quarter in a negative sense or the second quarter? In no, 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 The second quarter. <laughs> the, the second first quarter. quarter in a negative sense, for sure. That that was as bad as it could possibly have been. Man, Jared, I hadn't even considered that, but I think you might be right. I think you might be right <laughs> on
1: both counts. Yeah, it was the most insanely poor offensive showing in, in a single quarter and maybe the most impressive Offensive showing in a single quarter uh, that I can remember, at least in in UTSA history. That that, that was unbelievable, the polarity. Uh, They talked to Josh Pesifis a little bit about it in the postgame presser. He said, you know, we were just trying to pay attention to the small things and the big things happen. Seemed to be more so than anything what what it looked like to me. Uh, UTSA looked really flat, but then you know a couple of those drives got a little bit better on the interception and the punt the second interception was kind of brutal pass from owen but they seemed to never lose composure throughout those really really poor first quarter drives and um i guess chipping away so to speak ended up turning around in a spectacular fashion just uh, just 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 a couple of plays later mm-hmm. what did you see at that beginning versus that second quarter
0: yeah man I think for me, like when I was sitting in this dance, it just looked like the effort wasn't there. There were a lot of plays where guys weren't getting their blocks. They didn't show the same level of fight or tenacity as Marshall, which was the opposite of what we all expected. Like we really thought Marshall was going to be the team that was going to come in unmotivated, discombobulated with our right. head cut off, you know, not really wanting to be there. And you say it was going to be fired up, ready to go get this win with or without Frank, right? Um, it was kind of the opposite to start the game. It was, it was really puzzling, but I guess that's just how football is. I think like two things really changed and going into that second quarter, right? So Owen has that long pass to Taiki to set up the first score, which was huge. Yeah. Um, Owen made a great pre snap read, and he saw that they only had one high safety, and that one high safety was way on the other field, away from Tyke, who was on a one-on-one matchup with Marshall's less talented cornerback. Middle linebacker blitz, that's the only other linebacker on that side of the field. And when Owen sees that, he's like, "Okay, I know where I'm going." Like, I'm throwing this ball up to Taiki, third and fourteen, and the offensive line does a really good job picking on the blitz. Um, I, I think Marshall sent four or five like with a, uh, with a stunt on it, and they give Owen time, and he put the ball right there on the money. I mean, he hit Taiki in stride. Taiki didn't have to slow down; it was right there. Um, so that was a like the jump start, right? But as far as like what got the offense like really taking on a play-by-play blaze it play-by-play, play-by-play basis. Ooh, I got there finally. Um, the thing that I accredit the most to is Marshall had a lot of speed on defense. Their team speed on defense was mm. much quicker than the look they're getting from the scout team, right? Yeah. Um, they had just some really talented, tough, pretty quick guys on, on that Thundering Hard defense. Um, oh, number 55, Owen Porter, the one that stood out to me the most. Um, Their mm. linebacker just flew to the hole. Uh, they had that same kind of closing speed that we saw from Tulane in the Tulane game. So I think it took UTSA a little bit to get adjusted to that. In addition to just adjusting to the speed, I think the play calling adjusted as well. Um, Jeff Trailer made mention that Marshall took away the middle of the field a lot more than they anticipated. So then they went more to the sideline. And I think that's where Owen has been the most comfortable. Um, you know, looking back to the Tennessee game, most of his big plays came on throws to the sideline. Um, he does have that zip on his arm to get it out there and they were able to, you know, get Josh Stevens in space a couple times. You know, he had that like 64 yard run. Um, and then for like, from the effort perspective to tie back to what I said earlier, like you saw Tyke get a block, you know, 40 yards down the field. He saw Rocco Griffin run from the backfield to the 10 yard line, like 50 yards to go through a block as well. Um, and yeah, I think those guys are getting chewed out on the sideline. I mean, I, I was fairly yeah. close to the sideline and I could see some intense coaching going on. Um, so I think they just kind of got in the guys' uh, face mask and, and rattled him a little bit and just kind of got him back in the flow of the game, right, where they should have been. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so when Owen dropped
1: it in a bucket to tie key on that 41-yard bomb, that was absolutely the the turning moment where, where it was, okay, finally, you know, something going right for the offense. Because he had taken – Two G deep shots prior to that. That was like his third deep shot. Owen was letting it fly from the beginning, man. And uh, yeah. one of them, I think, was just a total miss, maybe a miscommunication the, between yeah, the first one and, and I think right. it was, yeah, the first one yeah. to see this. Then there was the interception um, that was also on a, on a deep on a deep pass, and that was the tie key. Uh, and then then he drops it in a bucket on the third one, mm-hmm. and so like the 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 fortitude, the gonads of steel. Uh, From Owen McGowan to just keep chucking it and uh, have that confidence in his arm. Uh, That was really awesome to see from such a young player in such a big Mm -hmm. game, a ball game, which I imagine was the stakes are are pretty high. Got to be feeling some pressure there in that moment. And Jared, he really turned around and and kind of found a rhythm Owen McGowan after making that pass and uh, started really just throwing the ball. Unbelievably well. uh Golly, Owen McGowan finishes the night 22 for 31, 251 yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Only one of those a bad pass. The second one was off of the hands, egregiously, of Oscar Cardenas. Mm-hmm. But Owen McGowan, just an unbelievable coming out party for UTSA. Uh,
0: where do we even begin? With Owen, I think just like you said, like kind of the tenacity, the the mental focus to to push past those mistakes and stay locked into the game and not letting them get the best of him. You know, most uh, retro freshmen wouldn't be able to handle that um, and, and it would spiral out of control. But I think that's where Owen having that starting experience at Colorado really shown through, you know, compared to Cole Pennington on the Marshall side. Um, you know, Owen obviously had been in situations before at the Division One level where he had bad starts like that. Um, And he knows that you just got to keep chipping in the wood. Right. And then the lumber is going to start falling. So I was just really impressed with um, his ability to flush those mistakes and and keep it rolling. Um, I think he also knew that the score and the production wasn't as bad as the decisions that he was making. Right. Like that first throw to Cephas, that was incomplete. I mean, just, they weren't on the same page, you know, but Owen put the ball where it should have been, you know, inside relative to the defender. And then, you know, the throw to Oscar that wasn't intercepted, that was a perfect throw. I mean, so it was like, you can't feel too, too bad if you're Owen. you, you put it right where it was supposed to go, and you got picked, right? right? So I think uh, there's a level of maturity, you know, uncommon for his age that that's shown through there. And I um, also like that he was willing to use his legs to, to get himself into the flow of the game. Um, I think he had like a 26-yard run or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah, 26-yard run. So that was huge. Just... Some, I mean, there were a few times that he held on the ball too long and stuff like that. A couple times that he should have took off running. He had plenty of grass in front of him and try to sit back and, and make a throw. But uh, for a rusher for a freshman, making his first start at UTSA against a really strong defense that had been like in the top 30, I think, for most of the season, um, couldn't mm-hmm. ask for a better mm-hmm. debut. And, you know, if you're UTSA, you got to feel pretty good about what you're bringing back at the quarterback positions um, with Owen. I think he did a great job with
1: his feet, man. And and he looked good throwing the ball on the run as well. I think that's when he had that really, really beautiful um the 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 comeback pass to Ty Key in sort of it was close to the goal line, maybe three oh, or four yeah, right. line. Yeah, yeah. Where he really kind of put it only where taiki could catch mm-hmm. it i mean even the commentators on espn spent a couple minutes t- talking about how technical of a pass it was because it was low and away there was no way that if taiki doesn't come up with the catch that that ball is in danger of getting picked off or something like that um and it was it was seven for seven on that touchdown drive uh downfield on that on that same drive where he made that pass it was really really shining it was the third consecutive touchdown after utsa goes down 14 to zero Right. And there's a there's a moment where we're driving and like the the if UTSA crowd starts going ballistic and like yeah. the sideline of the players is like yeah. all into it and jamming up the crowd with their hands, waving them up higher. And it is is a really, really cool moment that the broadcast mm-hmm. caught really well. It came. Oh, really oh well. that's cool.
0: I, I felt it when I was there. And, and then to, oh you can feel it you can feel it on screen yeah great 100%. great to, to see it came through in the broadcast because i mean i kind of got i didn't get like goosebumps but you know you get that feeling in the pit of your stomach like man like the crowd is really doing something to help this team win the game you know and, and playing in a neutral environment like that it, yeah it's a that's a cool feeling for sure it's, definitely it's a, the spirit of the roadrunner uh within that uh that community yes i'll, really I'll briefly cool say it. as well. you know. Sp- Smaller crowd, only 11K there. Marshall brought maybe a, a thousand fans. Obviously, it's far trek for them. Um, I have never heard the words of the alma mater sung so clearly by mm. the group of UTSA fans that were there. And I'm like, if you drive to Frisco on a Tuesday work night, you probably know the words of the alma mater more than 95% of the fan base. So, Wait, bravo uh, to those in attendance for for singing it loud and proud. I love
1: that. I absolutely love that. And, and Jaron, I think it was that moment that came through on the broadcast. Uh, it was right before Owen made that really impressive pass down to Ty Key. Mm-hmm. And then we punch it in uh, by Robert Henry, who does really well. And and Owen, yeah, with his legs, man, there's that 26-yard run. But he also had a couple big first down pickups of like nine yards and oh. seven, eight yards. He did better at, at being decisive with his feet as the game progressed, mm-hmm. um, as he sort of settled in. And, yeah, dude, uh, you know, you talk about how stout the Marshall defense is. Look, this was uh, as far as UTSA and UTSA's trio of running backs, one of their lowest outputs. It was the fourth lowest total rushing output for UTSA behind the Army game, the Tennessee game, and the ECU game. Uh, but at one point, Owen McCown with his 38 yards, is like the, the leading rusher for UTSA. Yeah. Um, it was really, really stiff stuff from the Marshall defense. Um, and and I think it was, it was Owen sort of settling in and finding his way. He more so opened up running opportunities with the, what they were getting done in the pass game, rather than the other way around, how it traditionally works. The run game opening up the pass. Um, mm-hmm. So it was it was it was good to see them be able to kind of pick up the slack as the second quarter and the second half progressed. Running backs were able to get a little bit more done thanks to Owen and company, but. Jared, I think uh, the UTSA defense deserves a tremendous amount of credit. Even when it
0: was 14-0, to it felt like the defense was playing really well. Yeah, they were. I mean, uh, they they got handed a pretty raw deal as far as build position goes, start the game. Um, yes. They, Marshall had, like, what, two big plays? There, there was, like, a 50-yard pass from Pennington. Um, and then Rasheed Ali had, like, a 60-yard touchdown run. The touchdown run from Ali. That, that, that there was some pretty bad holding on that one that got missed. It's football, mm-hmm. you know what can you do? Uh, but uh, poor angle from the safety on that one didn't help matters. But man, you take those two plays away, and this defense was absolutely lights out. My absolute favorite thing about this performance, you know, I'm sure there were a lot of fans from other AAC programs out there saying, "Oh, Trey Moore has gone. UTSA is not going to be able to rush the passer." They're not going to get any mm. pocket pressure anymore, you know, and, and, you know, these AAC teams are going to feast next year. And then what do you see, man? An absolutely tenacious pass rush. I would say led by Jamori Robinson, I think is the guy yep. that stood up to me the most, but um, it was, it was pass rush by committee. There's, there's so many athletes in this front seven. Um, Owen Peewee and the mixed uh, Donny Taylor, get after the quarterback. Uh, And then the guys on the interior, you know, Brandon Brown started the game off with a quarterback pressure. He did a swim move on the center and was on Chad Pennington's doorstep, you know, or sorry, Cole Pennington's doorstep uh, in just a matter of uh, a split second. Right. So just great to see a team effort. You know, it's always great to have an elite pass rusher for sure. Don't get me wrong, but um, sometimes it's, it's tougher for the defense when there's five, six guys on the field at the same time that have the ability to get to the quarterback um if someone you know misses a block or or has a one on one matchup so i absolutely love seeing that six sacks on the night for utsa's defense Funny.
1: really impressive stuff but we've got to <laughs> shout out i think the, the defensive player of the game mm-hmm. cam alexander who was just absolutely phenomenal all over the field uh, he was responsible for a sack there in the backfield he was responsible for several pass breakups and the game ceiling interception. Uh, he had a big third down sack, even the second quarter while UTSA was making their their run. Um in the fourth quarter is never he really lit up pass breakups left and right as Marshall mm-hmm. was trying to make some magic happen there. Uh down only you know two possessions and just a, a thing of beauty, which he also um set a program record, didn't he, Jared? What was the what was the record that cam alexander set? or no i'm oh. sorry it wasn't cam it was jamoy robinson yeah jamoy robinson, jamoy robinson said, set the single
0: season quarterback hurries right exactly and man he turns yeah. 10 20 of those into sacks next year watch out Oof. man's gonna get him an nfl check um but to speak a little bit more on cam he didn't allow a single completion when he was in coverage yeah incredible I, you know marshall didn't have a, a ton of amazing receivers so to speak but Cam was in the hip pocket all night. You know, he's he's much longer, you know, wingspan wise than than you would think just looking at him from a height perspective. Um, whatever NIL money was going to Trey Moore, good chunk of that should go to Cam Alexander for sure. Uh, definitely the best portal mm-hmm. pick up of the season for UTSA. Yeah. Um, you know, he's been good all year, but he ascended <laughs> against Marshall, man. Uh, elite performance for sure. Awesome stuff. Really, really incredible,
1: man! Uh, great, great to see the defense buckle down against Marshall. But, Jared, I, I want to go back to Marshall's defense. You know, um, we 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 got to give them a lot of credit. Mm-hmm. It, it did kind of seem like UTSA's O line at, at certain points, and I think you could even argue throughout the game was getting pushed around. Oh, big time! Well. They they got whooped. So okay, I understand Marshall deserves a lot of pr- credit. Were they that much bigger/slash better than UTSA's
0: offensive line? Or was it definitely wasn't, offensive line? It, it wasn't upper? bigger, it was quicker. I mean, they, were, okay. they, they weren't necessarily pushing around the offensive line, they were running past them. And there were a lot of snaps where Marshall was so twitchy off the football on the snap that mm-hmm. they got past the UTSA offensive line I mean, without even really initiating contact. Um, kind of goes back to what we were saying, you know. utc has got a lot of guys playing out of position, right? And I think that's why, even though most of this offensive line is coming back next year, what I guess like three starters and a couple of the reserves that have played a lot, they're going heavy, you know, on uh, on JUCO and transfer portal guys on the offensive line, because I think they know they need to to up level the athleticism on the offensive line. We we have seen this year. You know, Texas State's another good example. When they go against those like kind of smaller but quicker defensive line that are gonna sell out and and try to get pressure as soon as the ball snapped, um, they really struggle to move their feet quick enough to to catch those guys as they fire off of their three point stances. So um, you know, kind of blessing and a curse, I guess. You know, it's great that you say put up 35 points and won. Uh, but it's another reminder of like a sore spot on this team that needs to get better next year if they're gonna go win an AAC championship for the first time. Mm point
1: very good point yeah that was something i think that was pretty glaring yeah about the course of the game to, to see just the a bit of a mismatch to be quite honest with you with the line of scrimmage
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah wow. okay so we got to talk about jared the scrappiness the beef the the 50 cuffs going down between Marshall and UTSA, uh really, I mean, insane that that it got as chippy as it did. I think, yeah, to a degree. But 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 going into the locker room at halftime, it, you could you could say that that was a total mess. I mean, it was pandemonium <laughs> yeah. going into halftime. We get this some scrappiness at the end of UTSA's on this twenty one point run, which Marshall did score some second quarter points as well. Huh. Went back and forth a little bit with us. It's it's only a four-point game. It's 21 to 17. We have some Owen on Owen crime. Uh as, as McGowan's on a scramble, Porter comes up, nails him. It's a clean hit. It's inbounds, but it's, you know, it's a lick. It's a it's a, it's a mm-hmm. dirty lick for sure. Uh the guy's like inches away from stepping out of bounds whenever he comes and nails him. Owen pops right up. I think again, you saw that tenacity from Owen McGowan. You saw him leap right up after a hard hit. And then a couple plays later, the bench is clear as the clock expires, dude. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, on the broadcast, maybe at a better angle, Jared, but it kind of looked like UTSA may have started that initially
0: after that play. Oh, I think, I think so. I, I think UTSA left the bench first, for sure. Uh, so I, I think someone it in started stands, on the field, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think some of the stands said, Man, every team we play tries to start beef with us. And I'm like, okay, well, who's the common denominator there? Yeah. <laughs> every other team starts. <laughs> like, I, I know we all see our favorite team, our alma mater, through, you know, rose-colored or, or orange-colored glasses. But, uh, sure. you know, say they, they talk a lot of crap out there, man. They play hard. They hit hard. And uh, I I honestly give Marshall a lot of respect for, for bringing that same energy and matching that same energy because I didn't think they were going to bring that level of fight. Uh, you know, I tweeted this to the Thundercast guys after the game. I mean, not I don't feel like not many teams would come in six and six. A lot of the coaches fired, you know, three, four of your best players hit the portal. Um, and then to play like that kind of inspired, mm. mean, tough, blue collar football uh, was, was surprising to me for sure. And um, I, I thought Charles Huff coached an absolutely god awful, pathetic game, but he did have his guys ready to play. That's <laughs> for sure well
1: you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah, half the battle there those guys yeah they were they were extremely spirited really gritty gritty bunch of dudes they matched us with it uh and i don't know i guess marshall maybe maybe perception-wise might give you a polished look but those guys were out there just ready to throw down Mm -hmm. with utsa and uh great to see the benches clear you saw a lot of mess getting Trailer with the very audible F-bomb on the broadcast walking off the field. I mean, dudes are yelling at each other. Coaches getting involved. I mean, that's what college football, that's what bowl games are all about. It was really incredible to see that sort of spirit out there on the field, man, in the second quarter. I don't think anybody knew that they were getting that action. I mean, what a freaking game. What a storyline surrounding this thing. I mean, where yeah. were you the night that, you know, Chad Pennington and Joshua Cowan's quarterback sons faced off in the freaking Tuesday night Scooters coffee bowl. It was incredible. It was an incredible evening of football and, uh, and all that beef really just added to it, man. And and some of that chippiness continued into the fourth quarter. Um, Man, I loved it. I really, really loved it. And I think it even helped uh, UTSA sort of stay fiery in the second half Mm -hmm. after playing so well in the second quarter. Um, Easy to see a team start playing not to lose instead of playing to win, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And uh, you didn't really see that at all. We kept fighting. We kept doing well. um,
0: And it it shined in the second half. I think this bowl game made both teams better. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, Marshall had some guys step up on their side. Uh, Pennington, uh, uh, probably his best performance of the season. I would, I would guess, I don't know. Yeah. He, he looks serviceable for sure. Um, Obviously very young and he didn't get much help his offensive line, uh, super questionable in the pass blocking. Um, But you know, I, I think it was a good performance and a good showing from both teams, given the circumstance. Final score is like not crazy far off from what I predicted to be, but the way the game played out, nothing how I thought it would be. I thought UDSA would get off to the fast start. Thought Frank Harris would be the one making all the big plays. Uh, so in a sense, I'm kind of glad that it, Oh, I'm not glad it played all the way it did. Cause it sucks that Frank didn't get to play and Rashad didn't get to finish the game. Um, but I think just from an entertainment standpoint, Owen getting his first start and, you know, kind of all the circumstance around the game, I think it made it more enjoyable. Um, and, and hopefully got some more eyeballs on it on TV. I don't know.
1: Phenomenal stuff, man. It really was. And yeah, when the fact that they keep putting the old NFL quarterbacks on the screen so you can see their reactions in real time, that was that was a really, really good play by the ESPN broadcast team. I mean, there wasn't a single throw that Owen or that uh, Cole made without once the ball Whistled dead, the camera panning over to their dad and getting their reaction, right? After Mm -hmm. every big play, after every completed pass, incomplete pass, interception. I mean, it didn't stop. Um, and you never really got tired of it, to be honest with you. So it was it was awesome. You know, Jeff Trailer had a quote. I think it was Frank Harris breaks his right arm, Rashad breaks his left. That'll be in the movie, you know. We got to talk about how not a single person on the planet managed to find out over three, nearly three weeks of practicing football that Frank Harris
0: was not going to play in UTSA's bowl game. This is another one of those things that just would not happen if Jeff was the head coach of the Power 5 program. There's a 0% chance, 0% chance that this doesn't
1: get out at 99% of school. I mean, like, yeah. I, dude, it, I mean, you name it. I mean, there's just no way, not even a, a Houston keeps this under wraps, Jared. I like Look, I, even I, Even Brody the dog had it wrong, Adrian. That's under wraps crazy. Wraps was. That's crazy. I, I really can't fathom how this was accomplished. I think Coach said it was the best secret in San Antonio, best kept secret in San Antonio
0: history. He really, truly might be right about that. Yeah, it is. It's crazy, man. Um, I knew Frank had missed some practices, but I didn't really think of anything of it. He was banged up. He's an old man at this point, you know. Um, I definitely <laughs> didn't expect him to be out for the full season and and, and not come back in the bowl game. Um, so I was pretty shocked, man. I was pretty shocked, and really sucks for Frank. You know, uh, Mike Fingers column after the game was was pretty cool. Uh, he, he mentioned when Rashad went down with his injury, you know, Frank ran out on the field and they walked off together, which like that's not the way that you imagine walking off the field together as brothers in arms in your last game after all these guys have accomplished. But it's it's kind of like really poetic in a sense. Um, totally. Something that struck me is, you know, they showed on the broadcast the hit where Frank got hurt against Tulane. And then we saw the play where Rashad got hurt against Marshall. Mm -hmm. Neither one of those plays were major bone crushing hits or freak accidents. They were just regular football plays, man. And it just goes to show how much these guys gave to this program and to this university and to this city that they had nothing left to give Adrian, their bodies were pushed to the absolute brink they gave it every all mile. blood, blood, your bone, ligament, all of it. They gave it all to this program and we're never going to, we're never going to forget it. We're always going to appreciate it. And uh, just hope both guys heal up and go on to do great things that we all know they will. Unreal. How poetic that is.
1: These guys, every single mile that you could put on that engine was put on it. Right. And, and, and you said it perfectly. Their bodies had given every single thing that they could to UTSA Roadrunners football. And to go out, really, I mean, it, it perfectly encapsulates all of the pain that they have gone through to bring this program to where it is, all of the hard work, everything that they've endured, man. It's incredible. And there's something really poetic about 18 seniors on this roster and the original 18 that was celebrated from UTSA's very
0: first era. For those that don't know, Adrian's a big number guy, you know, he's, he's meaning numbers. I like that. I'm slightly into numerology. I'm not, I don't know a lot about it, but
1: I do notice when (laughs) things, I do notice when things line up and I find it fascinating when they do, (laughs) I don't know the meaning of 18. Uh Right. Uh But, uh, Maybe it's something I should Google. It's an, it's really, really incredible stuff, man. Both number zeros, right. For UTSA, uh, the, the most coveted and sought after single digit Jersey number, the one that is awarded to the unit captain on offense and defense, respectively. Uh, just incredible, man. I mean, hats off to both of those guys and their future UTSA hall of famers, San Antonio hall of famers. And, uh, yeah, build 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 the statue. I think I think you could have a statue with with Harris and Rashad right there, arm in arm.
0: And I think that would be awesome. Yeah, really great stuff, dude. Really great stuff. You know, Rashad and Frank always said it's bigger than me. It's not about me. And at the end of that bowl when they weren't there to grab the trophy and hold it up, right? They they were not like on the front of the podium, but everyone knows that they're the ones that really helped that win right even though they didn't Rashad played a bit frank didn't play at all their impact their legacy is what got this program to where it is now that got a program to win that game i truly believe that it's really yeah. cool man it's really cool it really is a storybook ending and just really grateful that uh not only were that, we're we here to witness it but for those of us that have been following this program since day one, it's just, it's really surreal, you know, to see these things play out. And after all the bad football we've seen and all the all the dark days and, you know, sometimes I, I mean, I, when I got back to my hotel, uh, the night of the bowl game, I was just kind of sitting there just really, uh, like I texted some buddies. I was like, I'm, I'm more reminiscent than joyous, right? Just to think of like these seniors and watching their careers play out, you know, from when they're in high school and getting recruited. Uh, to get to this point and just knowing the growth the program has gone through, man, it's, it's wild, man. I just feel really grateful and appreciative for sure, man.
1: It really is something. And these guys have been here. These guys have been here through it all going back to the Frank Wilson era. They remember whenever UTSA lost to Marshall all those years ago, 2019 it's, it's unbelievable that the, the body of work, that this team has put in and, and the rewards that they've seen from it. And, and you got to give a tremendous credit to Jeff Traylor, mm-hmm. and the job that he's done as ETSA's head coach. Yeah, for sure. And uh, it's really, really special for him to get his first bowl win. Um, it's been a long time coming. Conference championships, most coveted, extremely special. There's something about the bowl win and uh, the antiquity that it has in relation to college football. It's, it's, it's a really, really cool thing. To, to have to have a ball
0: win finally for utsa and to hopefully many more to come yeah you know? and, and and to come away from this game feeling even more confident and optimistic about the future is really huge you know all seeing all the young guys go out and make big plays man um owen peewee david amador you know luke lopez started the whole season as a sophomore at center um you know, you could really just go on and on. I, there, there are points in time I looked out at the defense I was playing. I'm like, oh my god, like there are hardly any seniors out here on the field right now. <laughs> you know, and uh, just the way that Jeff has been able to keep the roster together, keep kids in San Antonio, is really, really understated and really undervalued part of his program mm-hmm. building here in San Antonio. So, you know, maybe some more guys hit, hit the portal or whatever, but the core of this roster is definitely going to stick together because um, they really believe in and Jeff and in this program and. And playing for the whole city and meaning something more than just uh, you know going to some school in some far off place and and putting a couple of years in or whatever. So I um, love it. Hope that doesn't love age it. poorly. But man, what a what a, what a, what a
1: freaking future we've got to be excited about here as ETSA fans. Man, unbelievable. What about that sequence? What about that play? Owen oh, to Amador, Amador taking it all the way from the line of scrimmage into the end zone. Uh, right after Owen McCowan makes his most impressive pass mm-hmm. uh, on a on a zip on a on a on a thread to Tykeo Kellogg in the end zone, that gets negated, um, and the ball don't lie. Ball don't lie. <laughs> on the very next play, you know, uh-huh. Owen McCowan tosses a, a little one to Amador, who goes straight to the house, and uh, and that was the future just shining right in front of you, man, as a UTSA fan. What a moment. God, what a moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, this is kind of related to the next point I want to talk about. I I feel like a big reason why UTSA won this game that I haven't seen many people say is I I think the depth that the roadrunners had was far, far deeper than what Marshall could bring to the table. Um, There were a lot of times that you you could see Marshall start to get gassed, especially their defense. You know, I feel like they had most of the same defensive line out there, most of the same linebackers out there uh, for most of the game. And I, th- I think UTC's ability to rotate and, and bring young guys off the bench that knew the playbook and had solid instinct, solid technique and uh, just performed well was, was a huge difference in this game. That um, was great to see, man. And, and that's why, you know sometimes these games are closer than you would like to see. and it feels like they could be winning by more, or they could score earlier, get a big lead earlier. Uh, but because they rotate these guys so much, they're preparing them for these moments and they can go down the stretch and and have a nine-win season, uh, regardless of injury and and all that. I mean, hell, Adrian, only one guy that has a 210 jersey number finished the game. John Stevens is the only Unreal. one. It's crazy. Unreal. Well, no, nah, Brandon Brown was probably still out there. Here's the other other two, but only one on offense and one on defense, right? Right. Exactly that. And you know, it's it's
1: Crazy to to look at, you know, uh, this this young class coming in and and enduring really kind of a lot throughout that sequence of uh, going into the game. You 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 lose Spray Harris, you lose Rashad Wisdom in the game. You have so much bad play in that first quarter. You have a couple of turnovers. You can't seem to get anything right going your way. Uh, the defense was like an inch away from a turnover for three and a half quarters. It felt like we were right there and just couldn't quite mm-hmm. get it. And uh, this team just kept kept doing it, and and you saw them towards the end of the game really outlasting Marshall, yeah, right? Marshall didn't have too much to give anymore, and it seemed like UTSA could have played another quarter
0: of football. Yeah, and trailer outcoached Huff big time. I mean, big time. That sequence for Marshall, like lined up to go for it on fourth and one, and then mm. had a false start. And then a delay game and then push the field goal back and they miss the field goal. They come away with no points. What the hell, dude? What the hell? Uh, Now the kicker's in his head and he shakes the next field goal attempt. Yeah. Yeah. to chip in. And then Pennington takes a huge hit from Avery Morris. He has to lead the game because his helmet comes off. They've got, you know, the guy is essentially their fourth quarterback, right? Um, They, tried to throw a bomb right at kim alexander he picks it off and runs it back like 50 yards i mean just boneheaded stuff man just gosh that one was uh, bad. botched it feel bad for marshall fans yeah i mean they, they nuked themselves with a couple of
1: bad penalties on false starts those True. seem to keep yeah. happening to marshall especially like on third
0: downs yeah and felt very it, frank frank wilson-esque right yes not not yes. there were a ton of penalties but the five-yard penalty happens at the worst possible freaking time. The it's like, worst where's time mental focus? Marshall. They were getting a little bit of momentum, and they would just
1: lose it. And then UTSA, I think, had their best pass-rushing moments there whenever Marshall was sort of teetering on, you know, building some momentum or getting close mm-hmm. to, into the red zone. You know, those third down plays where they had already moved the chain once or twice. And then you saw the big, the big sack come where the whole house was brought to the backfield or three, four guys in on it. It ends up being a loss of six yards and seven yards, and that's where that's where I think UTSA's defense really was able to shine. And and those are those heart-snatching moments um, mm-hmm. whenever a team just can't get it going. When it happens one too many times, you start to see sort of that that tap out on the field. And and Marshall did a hell of a job of of hanging around and, and sticking with it. But by the end of that fourth, by you know, probably halfway through that fourth quarter, it was just clear as day. UTSA was not going to let off the gas at all. Mm-hmm. Um that was good to see. It was good to see and it was good to see UTSA continuing to to go for it and play aggressive. Yeah, there was like one guy. drive
0: I thought they were too conservative in the play calling maybe, maybe in the fourth quarter but outside of that, yeah, I mean I was I was really happy with the aggression that they showed on Definitely. both sides of the ball. Uh they they kept blitzing Pennington, which was the, the right thing to do, which I mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed. Um one other thing that we haven't mentioned is UTSA did a brilliant job and keeping the ball away from Marshall's return specialist. That's an all American forgot his name. Uh, but he didn't really, t- he didn't return anything all night long.
1: You're talking about Jaden Harrison. Yeah. All American. Yeah. That's uh that's just maybe some of the best uh, special teams play that we've seen is being able to keep it out of his hands. You know, right. Lucas Dean, the man,
0: uh, what a career for him. Shout out to Lucas. Jeez. Oh, man. I, I was thinking yeah, that man. during the game. I mean, like everyone's I like, talking about it would be Frank and Rashad's last game, but it's Lucas's man. He was he was the star of the show for, out of that group. Lucas Dean has been a star for UTSA special
1: teams for a long time here, man. Seriously. And uh big shout out to the, to the Aussie, to the Australian. Yeah. Another guy that fought through injury as well. Definitely so. Definitely saw some crazy ones (laughs) (laughs) from both of his legs to the offseason. I can't wait to get that story. Nuts, man. Nuts. So uh, really, really crazy stuff. I mean, what an insane game. Um, I just shocked how they were able to keep Frank Harrison secret. Shocked Uh how Owen McAllen was able to come out and play, um, you know, whether it was uh, the adversity early on and came back to just be a stud. And uh, gosh, I'm freaking excited. Uh, Owen McCallum really looks like he's potentially the real deal, their quarterback, and I think there's a lot to be excited for there. And there was a really cool even moment in the presser where where Cephas, he was asked about Owen McCallum, and Cephas said, I believe in him so much. Hmm. That's my dog. And, um, you know, I think after getting two, three weeks of reps with the ones in preparation for this bowl game, Owens probably earned the respect of a lot of starters after, you know, 10 practices mm-hmm. where he's point. the main guy throwing the ball to him and commanding that offense. He probably did. He probably did earn a hell of a lot of respect in that locker room. Cause, cause that's where you really earn your respect with your, with your teammates is, is in practice. Right. Um, so yeah, that, that comment there made me think, Hmm, Owen McGowan's has been doing his work, putting in his due diligence there on the, mm-hmm. on the practice fields, the
0: uncovered practice fields for UTSA. You know? <laughs> you're still bringing a transfer portal quarterback in though, if you're Jeff, right? I think you have to yep. just to keep just to keep the
1: competition fierce in that quarterback room. You have to. I think Owen McCown has proven that he's ready for the starting spot in that bowl game against a really good Marshall team. But still, man, it's got to be clear cut. And I don't know. Uh, are you convinced that we want Eddie Lee Marburger to be the for sure backup? Hell, you got to bring in another quarterback into the room to to keep that conversation interesting as well. Even if Owen McGowan is the starting quarterback, you need to have a good second option too.
0: Competition breeds success, for sure. Got to do it. Um, they they didn't recruit a high school quarterback, or they're not. They haven't signed one, and I don't think you ever go. A recruiting class without signing quarterback.
1: So early signing day was the morning after the Scooters Coffee Bowl. Thank goodness uh, Jeff Trailer had plenty of coffee running through his body and uh, didn't lose too much sleep, was able to be alert and awake for early signing day as, as UTSA lands a few names, like 15 total signed at the end of early um, signing day. Yeah, for, yeah, I think with DJ Allen coming in, I think they might make it 15. Yeah, it's 15. And we're going to get into that on its own dedicated episode where we really kind of go through the guys here. Uh, but big picture so far, Jared, um, how are you feeling about UTSA's early signing
0: day? Feeling better. Um, I would say in the lead up to mm. signing day, I was not feeling really good about this class. Uh, but they've got some guys in that I that kind of started to change my perception. Um, obviously getting Jonah Miller top rated recruit program history, Organ offensive of tackle bounce back it was it was massive. Um, and then I really like JJ Sparkman, the guy they the ex-receiver they got from Texas Tech. Getting DJ Allen is huge. So, you know, I, I feel like this is universal across all, all of college football, but like you can't judge a recruiting class, honestly, like after they've signed, uh, but definitely not just after the early signing period because the game has changed so much. I mean, the the days of, you know, you're filling your 25 with high school guys as soon as you can, uh, those guys are long gone, right? In a lot of cases, I think a lot of the schools that have closed their classes and signed a bunch of guys are going to end up kicking themselves because they're going to see dudes go into the portal because keep in mind, there's another window. Guys can still go in right now, like through bowl season, you can go into the portal. Um, so a lot of schools are not going to have scholarships to go get, you know, some of these, um, really talented dudes that are in the portal. So I'm feeling pretty good about the class right now. Like I know the ranking is low, but I do think some of the guys that are low rated are pretty good evaluations. Um, like right now that, uh, receiver from Florida has a 70 on 24 seven, which would make him like the lowest rated recruit you signed in like six years. I would guess or something Mm -hmm. like that, uh, I think he's an absolute dog, absolute dog. He's got some pretty good offers. Um, so yeah, I feel good about the class. Like we'll go through each guy in in a future episode, but, um, I like the additions on the offensive line. Um, I think receiver, the receiver room is going to be stacked next year. Um, definitely better than this year. So overall, I feel pretty good about it. Very nice. Very good. Very
1: good. Yeah. uh, I like some of the names. I like some of the positions that we filled out. Is there any particular position that you'd like to see UTSA uh, focus on through the rest of the signing class?
0: I would like to see a transfer safety, a guy that can come in and, and definitely and get for starting job day one, no doubt. Probably another inside linebacker would be good. I know that there's some guys that are after uh, the Juco level, that would be a fit there. Um, and I may, they probably need another cornerback. They probably need an instant starter, a cornerback, because Nick Troy's out mm-hmm. of eligibility. Yeah, I think
1: that secondary for the defense probably needs to the most attention. Yeah. I like your take on getting a transfer safety, certainly. And yeah, cornerback. I mean, it's just, it's honestly a position that you kind of always need to be focusing on. Sure. And trying to get more guys out of, but yeah, I, I would agree with you there. What a good year! So I like that. Um, so good takes on the new recruiting class. Excited about that. I'd spend some time jumping into that, but I don't know, Jared, more to come, more to come, huh? Any other, any other points you want to hit on before we get out of here for the holidays?
0: I guess the only thing, maybe, maybe we'll do an episode. We'll give like position grades and coaching grades and stuff. Uh, But ending the season in nine and four, first bowl win in program history. How satisfied are you with this season for the roadrunners?
1: Great, great question. Yeah, I like this. I like this a lot. So, Jeff Trailers won 39 games at the head coach of UTSA over four seasons. That's really, so really, sick, really, dude. That is so sick. Really just ridiculous uh, stuff there. This particular season is extremely satisfying for me. Now that it's all been said and done, and I've got a chance to really consider how this season went. And bowl game was like a perfect condensed version of UTSA's season. Because mm. the first quarter Let's of go. UT the first quarter of the bowl game was September, right? Where just nothing could go right, it seemed like. For UTSA to bounce back from that and go on the seven-game win streak that they did through their very first season in the American athletic conference, I think is really one of the most outstanding feats that this team has ever accomplished through the Jeff trailer era, through UTSA history. You know, when I, when I think about like the, the, the most impressive things that this team has done, probably winning 11 games in a, in a row in 2021 mm-hmm. is certainly up there. Going seven and one in the AAC, winning those seven games straight after starting really, really poorly one and three in September. Golly, that might be my favorite accomplishment of this of this Roadrunners team collectively. So, I am so so happy with the way this season ended. Uh, I think UTSA really proved that they are uh, one of the teams to beat in the American Athletic Conference. I think because we got to see the new generation play in that bowl game, there's just so much hope, so much optimism, so much to be excited for for 2024, a season that probably in the very, very back of our minds is like that elephant in the room that no UTSA fan was talking about. We were all really, really, really scared of the drop-off that was going to occur in 2024. I think right now, a lot of UTSA fans aren't as scared as they were. Hmm. Um, That's really nice. But overall, man, nine and four, Seven and one, I'm um, I'm really satisfied with this season. Uh, only thing I'm not satisfied with is losing to U of
0: H, bro. God yeah, I was going to say the same thing. The, the Houston game is the only one that sticks with me. That was a bad team. UTSA should have beaten them by multiple scores. Mm. Mm. Frank probably wasn't ready to play. You know, um, outside of that, I, I'm I'm super thrilled. You know, the season didn't go the way that anyone I think really thought it was going to go. Um, and I think that's for the best for the program as a whole, because you get Jeff Trailer for another year. You get a lot of young guys that have got meaningful snaps that have seen what division one football looks like. Um, these guys are are going to be ready to step in leadership roles in a single digit numbers next year. So, you know, in a way, I feel like you just say one, nine games, which is a massive accomplishment for, for any team, almost any team, if you're not Ohio state, Georgia, Alabama, Texas, whatever. Um, winning nine games is huge for for almost everyone. You also do something that no other team at program history has done. You won a bowl game, but you also reloaded throughout the season. you developed guys. And just like you said, Adrian, there, I don't think there's going to be this massive precipice of a drop-off, right? Um, which I, I was very worried about, you know, for sure. Um, I, I thought be lucky to get to a bowl game next year, right? To be honest with you. Um, and I'm feeling much more confident now with just have, seeing how these young guys have have showed up um, throughout the year. And I, I feel confident they're going to continue to work the portal and, and get great players in. So um, just, I think a really special, unique season. And to do that in your first year in a new conference is a huge accomplishment. So I'm I'm really happy as well. Well, Jared, I think, You know, that's the ultimate validation of a
1: big-time successful college football program is minimizing how much drop-off occurs in between classes, in between eras of your football program. And not something that we've seen UTSA accomplish through this short 13-season history, 14-season history, whatever it is. The drop-off always occurs between graduating classes um we saw it from utsa's first three seasons in competition to the following three and then you make a bowl game and have sort of a pickup and then a drop off after you lose that class now it looks like we might be able to sustain what we've been doing despite cycling a roster um so yeah man that's that's what it takes that's what it takes for 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 being a successful, really, really good competitive college football program year in and year out. And so, yeah, man, I'm, I'm confident we're going to get that done in 2024. Extremely excited for the future.
0: You yeah, definitely. Um, USF is up 45-0 on Syracuse right now, though. So hold that thought. <laughs> Before we get out of here, um, first off, I just want to say, you know, thank you guys for sticking with us and listening to us and, and helping us grow. Throughout the past season, uh, I've had so many people that I've never met before come up to me at, at tailgates and at games, you know, halfway across the country, even uh, thanking us and you know saying they're listeners and all that, which is is always special. Um, so thank you guys all for for listening and buying merch and sharing the podcast and you know sticking with us through the changes that we had of, of moving to the Dave Campbell's Network and. Launched our new website, our new store. You know all, all the changes that we've had. Um, it, it's been it's been great, and thank you guys for being flexible and understanding with us. Uh, we haven't had like a lot of people like tweet at us, be like, "Hey, when's the podcast drop in? Like I think people are understanding of <laughs> us, and that we have lives, which hasn't always been the case in the past. So thank you guys for keeping that pressure off of us. Uh, hope everyone has a great holiday season and gets to enjoy the rest of bowl season and the playoffs uh, with you know a bowl win. Uh, on your shoulders so that's great and a special thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers who have helped us had our best year ever uh that includes our board of trustees members digi teak john Alwell, leno perez of low steel's Realty tailgating gary and rubin represent the utsa bird king tailgate ray breading and meet me Apparel, Brandon grill and the grill realty group andy elizade proficient benefit solutions ian mcclendon and seeker llc Brandon Patron, Ryan Squares, Waterman Construction, Javon Townsend, the VP of the DFW chapter of the UTSA Alumni Association, UTSA Annual Giving, and, of course, our big money donors, including Ben Tobar, the Bunch family, Zach kasperdick and the San Antonio Podcast Network, who actually had the first uh, that I saw someone post that Frank was going to be out for the bowl game in our Patreon chat. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Zach with the scoop, deep inside sources. Wow. Other big money do- donors include Alejandro Benavides, Dan Erdahl, host for Around the Bird Bath, Jake Cavasso, board president of the UTSA Alumni Association, Maddie and Mandy, Jenna and Nancy and Rick Cortez and Ready Wheel Krillers, and Homefield Apparel, where you can use discount code utc one homefield to get 15% off your first purchase. Thank you guys all so much. Be safe out there on the roads as you go to visit friends and family. And stay tuned. We've got an episode from Dan for Around the Bird Bath that I'm going to be editing tomorrow. Uh, and then Adrian and I, uh, we're off work, you know, we'll be hammering out the content We Ooh, got yeah. recruiting to cover. I want to do player grades and, and position grades, coach grades, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so much more to come. Recruiting, recruiting class recaps, man, we got a lot on the docket for sure. So I'm excited. And uh, yeah, we'll see you guys back really soon.